Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is my latest girl crush. Her name is Dr. Kim, and I actually originally interviewed her for Female Disruptors and thought she would be the perfect guest to have on Social PR Secrets. She is TikTok famous and also Instagram famous. Dr. Kim has over 150,000 followers on TikTok. And she also has a very active Instagram feed where she shares all kinds of tips and tricks on everything from how to avoid and get out of toxic relationships, the psychology of having a crush, and other super interesting topics when it comes to relationships and the ins and outs and the challenges, especially during this time of pandemic and isolation and quarantine. Dr. Kim and I talk about how she got started on social media. She actually started out on YouTube and how she ventured from YouTube to Instagram to now TikTok. So this is a super interesting interview, one of my favorites. If you're not on TikTok and you are looking for somebody to follow, you can definitely start out with Dr. Kim. Let's welcome Dr. Kim. Hey, everybody. So welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I am very intrigued and excited to and um, introduce our guest, Dr. Kim. Hey, Dr. Kim, how are you? Hey, Lisa, so good to be here. So um, I discovered Dr. Kim when she submitted to be part of um, an interview for female disruptors. And you definitely are a female disruptor in so many ways when it comes to um, mental health and also you know, getting exposure on social media, which is, that's what we're here to talk about is how you got on TikTok as a, as a therapist and what that has done for your exposure. So tell us first a little bit about your your practice and what you do for a living. Definitely. So I practice, I do individual and couples therapy in Los Angeles and of course on video as well. And I've been doing that for about 10 years. Um, So I offer that, but I also offer breakup recovery coaching, uh, which was requested by some of my, my followers on TikTok. So I do that a lot from home, either by email or phone video. And I'm also a writer. So at times I'll be writing um, either for articles or books. Yeah. And you did write a a few books, at least one, right? Yeah. A a few books. Uh, Three three in my name and others in pen names. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, is one of them about toxic relationships that I see? Uh, One of them is breakup recovery. So that's get it's breakup recovery, get your ex back or get over them for good. So it's either one of those goals that book applies to. Yeah, I think everybody can use that type of advice at least once or 10 times in their life, depending on <laughs> yeah. um, relationships. So what's um, very intriguing is how you have become TikTok famous for some of, I mean, it seems like every one of your posts kind of goes viral in some way, shape or form. So how did you get on social media and figure out that social media was a, a channel that you could actually, you know, help people um, and also get publicity for yourself. I was really inspired when I would watch um, some of my favorite YouTubers years ago. And I, I just, they were longer form, longer form videos. So it took a lot more production, I would say. Now, I maybe mean, not so much. You can kind of be more casual with it. But at the time I needed that. I was doing green screen and longer format and just kind of more highly produced videos. So I, I ended up focusing more on work and getting kind of distracted and leaving it. And I think a lot of YouTubers do that as well. So as such, I didn't build quite a following on there. And when the short format videos came out, 
I thought to myself, well, I can do, these are nice and quick. You know, I feel like I let, I can get a lot of information out there in a small bite of time, which was nice. Um, and then I found, I actually found Gary Vee, like most of us, and he was very inspiring, you know, get a lot of that out there, get the exposure. And I loved the demographic. I'm really, really into motivating teenagers um, and millennials as well. And you know what? It's been really refreshing because now it's, it's like a large age group. So now I, once I get stagnant in, in helping with the adolescents, then I get excited again, re reinvigorated, because now there's another demographic coming on TikTok. So that was pretty much the, the progression of how I got into social media. So YouTube was your first channel and then you kind of, um, it kind of didn't take, you kind of just didn't. It didn't so, take. It didn't. Yeah. Took some time off and then was it Instagram where you landed Instagram next? Was in the middle. That was in the middle. Um, again, that one's a, that one's a hard one. Um, but if you really highly focus on adding value, which is something I do more of now, then you'll see traction. So when I'm putting out things or video form or, Things where there's a lot of content, I do see um, obviously a lot more engagement. So it's really about adding tons of value in a small amount of time. At what point did you really start to take off on Instagram and say, okay, this is worth what I the time I'm investing in it? And then, at what was that point? Did you was it a certain post or was it did it take a certain amount of time? Yeah, I think it was when I started. Sometimes I'll be. Um, I'll do expert um, contributions to articles, just little blips at times that I want to promote them, so obviously, because the, the writers um, or the publications will put a lot of time into them. So I want to promote it. So I think a couple of years ago is when I started getting a little more serious on Instagram for that reason. And then lately, obviously, putting in the, the video work, the video content, I like to share some of the short form videos on there. And IGTV is nice, too, because then if you want to do something a little bit longer, you can clip it and... Um, or you can actually stretch it out and do the IGTV if it's over a minute. What is, do you have a process that you follow for producing um, the videos? Um, as far as TikTok goes? Well, either TikTok or, or the IGTV or just even the, the videos that you're, you're posting on, um, on Instagram, the feed. Yeah, yeah, I do. You know what I do is there, there are a lot of requests by followers on TikTok for videos. And I noticed they want mental health advice. And I definitely can't give direct advice um, to non-clients. So what I would say is I definitely take video topic requests. So I add those in, I always make a list. Um, and then I email myself, TikTok and whatever the, the request is. And 99% of the time I'm able to make it work, which is so interesting because a lot of this, this channel, this TikTok, this TikTok platform um, was really about requests. It was built on requests which is another thing that, that Gary Vee said to do, of course. Um, so I'll email myself those topics at night. I'll start to think about the topic. Um, if it's something that I don't talk about often, I'll do a little research. And then in the morning, I make sure I'm in a really positive space, um, get my energy really good because these, these adolescents, so people in general are just very attuned. So they can tell if you're not with it, with your energy. They can also tell if you're not feeling quite confident that day. So I make sure I'm in a really good space and then I start producing um, the content, which doesn't take too much time. I'm saying mm, maybe 20 minutes at most. Um, so I try to pump out one or two a day. And do you use um, any certain tools or editing types of, um, how do you edit them to make them so perfect? Um, I do use iMovie a lot of times. So mm -hmm. that's what I do. Um, the iPhone's pretty good with that. So I used to do it on the, on the computer with YouTube. And again, that was something that's more lengthy. But just having iMovie on my phone is just so easy. 
and simple and I know where I want to cut and uh, I want the cuts to be clean so that you know there's not a lot of attention span on TikTok so they want to see the beats go fast so um, I make sure there are not a lot of vocalized pauses like uh, um, things like that. And do you produce the videos yourself? I do yeah, uh -huh. yeah. I have a, an office that I shoot in a living room um, I have the light the light here, my computer, my phone. I do actually just shoot on my phone right now. I'm thinking about going back to camera, but right now I still sh still shoot on my iPhone. Awesome. So let's talk about the transition or when you jumped um, into getting serious on TikTok. What triggered that decision and what do you like or not like about TikTok? Well, I have to say, um, to, for anyone that's discouraged by uh, getting on there, it took about a week and a half. I know that's not that long, but I wanted to see some results because I was ready. Like I was, I was into it. I was excited. I had watched a lot of motivational inter uh, interviews about it. Um, but it took about a week and a half to get some traction. So you play around with the ones with music and then you play around with the ones uh, where you're just talking. And I'm telling you, I feel like it's different for everyone. If you look at other therapists or other doctors on there, you know, musical work for some, um, the pace is different for others. The tags are different for others. It's really about like your unique brand. I'm telling you, it's just you being authentic. I truly believe that. And then really listening to the audience. Yeah. And so um, as far as I, I was just looking to see when you started on TikTok. I think it was like October 2019. Was that right? Yeah. Or maybe that was like, yeah. And so yeah, not, yeah, not even a year later, like, you know, just a little more than, you know, or eight months, I think. Are we in August? I don't even know. <laughs> no, we're in July still. <laughs> With the pandemic, it's like, no one, no one I, I feel like we're still in March. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like it's, you, it looks like, you know, every one of your, most of all of your your videos on TikTok have been super super interactive and, and famous basically so is there one or two topics that stand out um that you feel like are your favorites on TikTok that you think i think one of them we saw was um toxic wait what was it was it um steps to wait what was your most famous one on TikTok? was it toxic um, relationships yeah, wrote wrote psychology of a breakup. Yeah, it was psychology of having a crush. Yeah, psychology of having a crush. It's so funny. And um, that was just kind of like in my arsenal. Like, I didn't know exactly what would work, what would not. But um, they, they really took to it. And again, it was even a younger dem demographic at that time, mostly adolescents, I would say, um, skewed to millennials, younger. But um, that they really took to it. And here's the thing. Good thing I like that topic because once you start doing the topic, you get a lot of requests for it. So you do have to be careful what you're putting out there because if it gets viral, you're, you may want to continue doing that content. You'll be pulled to it because you know it, it works. It worked for me. I, they like the way I said it. I, I've seen other breakup videos. A lot of them work. Some of them don't. But again, it's about kind of your, your people, what they're already into, what they're attracted to. But the breakup ones, the crush ones, the dreams. But I mean, if you think about it, I wouldn't have really talked about these kind of things a couple of years ago. I would have talked about substance abuse or eating disorders or mood disorders, something like that, because I was working at rehabs and, and treating people with those kind of disorders. But I guess, to be honest, it feels so positive because I'm talking about solutions. I'm talking about strength-based situations, motivation. I really am into like more life coaching and uh, motivating people for their dreams. 
um, more than I am into talking about pathology or what's wrong with people um, mental health wise. So for that reason, it actually really worked out. But yes, you can definitely get into some kind of, um, you can get pigeonholed a little bit into a niche because people are asking, they're requesting for similar videos. I'm just fortunate because you can break them down to small, small bite-sized pieces and you can actually weave in other things you're interested in. Like if you're talking about breakups, you're still talking about confidence. You're still talking about dream building. You're still talking about getting anxiety and depression down. So luckily you can weave things in and be creative. Even if you just, even if you have a niche and you've niched down. How did you decide on this niche? You know, the crush one, I was thinking about adolescence. I was thinking, what would they want? <laughs> Did the crush video for that reason. Dreams, same thing. Dream interpretations are really popular with, with adolescents. Um, breakups, I've, I've been in a hard breakup years ago, but mostly I've been treating the last couple of years clients um, in Los Angeles who are still reeling from, from breakups. And I realize how detrimental they are to people um, and really getting, uh, getting them out of that space and what it takes, what's the recipe to get you out of that where you're not um, in a deep depression. And I truly believe breakups are underrated and what people go through with them are, it's really unfathomable and they can go into deep depression um, because of it. So I really did want more exposure I did do a little bit of research on YouTube as far as what was working, what wasn't. And that's another really good thing to do is to watch what's, what's working there. That doesn't mean it's going to translate, but it's a nice place to start. And then you just make it your own. You make it your own spin. It's what, what do you know? What's your knowledge base and what's your personality? And, and just because someone's doing it somewhere else and maybe it's not working, it could definitely work for you depending on what your personality is, what you're giving it, the energy you're giving it. And there's a lot of love behind it too, because I'm really not doing it for myself. I didn't know if it was going to work. I did, and I, I would have to say at the beginning, I wanted some more exposure, but now it doesn't feel like that. It feels selfless. It feels like adding value. And I'll tell you what, it's because they give such positive feedback. I don't know what it is. TikTok audience is always like this. It seems that they are though. Um, very, very positive. If you, are, if you have good intentions and you're putting out good education, so that edu talk learn on TikTok type of situation. It's really good because you're eliciting a lot of positive feedback. Definitely. I feel like also with um, the pandemic and everybody being stuck at home, you know, regardless whether you're teenager, college, you know, millennial, um, everybody is more focused than ever on whether it's, you know, their smartphone or their computer, you know, scrolling and looking for content that um, it's a good and bad thing. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because we're... (laughs) We're, we've never been more attached to digital than the past, you know, five months of the pandemic. So, um, which was, which was kind of hard on TikTokers a little bit because there was more saturation. It's like there were more eyes, but there were, there was more saturation, as I'm sure, you know, um, more competition. So the biggest little dip that I had was during the first phase of the, of the pandemic. And then subsequently, obviously more people got on and then you start doing as well or better than you were before. But it's, it was funny with the oversaturation, it seemed to be a variable, as in, you know, not getting as much traction. But with TikTok, once the video is up, it's like it can continue to get eyes on it, which is so great, especially if you have a good message. And how do you measure? What are the key performance indicators with TikTok and Instagram? What, are you, what do you know yeah. it's a win? I noticed a trend for myself. I would calculate the percentage of likes. To me, that was most important, again, because I wanted the people already following me to enjoy the content, which works long-term. 
So I was doing a gauge and I still do, but it's like a 10% of likes per views. So if you're getting 10% of likes per views, then um, I knew that, that the, the video was gonna be well performing. Now it's over 10% thankfully, and I just think that's because there's a bit of a loyal following. I don't think it's anything else necessarily, although I have become a little bit more comfortable on camera. Um, and I do more of a meditation before, <laughs> so I don't know if my energy level's helping, but um, those two pieces. So yeah, 10% of likes I think is a good thing for anyone because you really wanna know that the people already following you, whether it's two people, whether it's 100,000, whatever it is, you wanna know that the people following you enjoy it because that's your base and your base is gonna help you grow. Definitely, so do you um, spend equal time on Instagram and TikTok? How do you divide your, your percentage of time when it comes to content? When it comes to content, I'm heavily on uh, TikTok, and I get, and I'll tell you why is because I get so much, so much more feedback on there, and it's just such a dopamine spike because you're getting <laughs> the instant like views and likes and and good feedback and thanks for helping, things like that, and um, that's more scarce for me. I'm sure it's. In fact, what I do need to do is find more role models on on Instagram. Um, would be a good idea to follow because that's always um, inspirational, but. Yeah, it's more heavily focused on TikTok right now. And in, even if TikTok were to switch over, I would still be doing short form more heavily than Instagram. However, I do need to focus more on Instagram and I, I already have video content. So I do think it's a good idea to put maybe 10%, five or 10% at least of your videos onto TikTok. They do kick you into the IG story so that you're promoting it on story. Mine are a little longer though. See, mine are like up to 60 seconds. So it's a little, it's a little awkward to put them on stories, although you can, but I like to put them actually on the IG page, mm -hmm. um, but five, yeah, five to 10% of the videos I try to put on the IG page and, th and those do pretty well. They get pretty good feedback. I noticed also that you, um, you've had quite a bit of publicity, been an, interviewed on different morning shows and you write for di different publications. So um, just coming, looking at it from a public relations perspective, what did you know, what do you see that works? Why did you even take the time to try to get publicity? Um, what can you share on that? Yeah, um, early on, actually, so what happened was I did a doctoral project, which we also call a dissertation. Um, and what I wanted to do was turn that into a book. So I did find an independent publisher at the time, and it was, it was called The Psychology Behind uh, Fitness Motivation. So we turned that into a book, and I needed publicity and um, the publisher wanted me to have obviously have some publicity a little bit um, so originally this is gonna sound interesting but I did hire a PR firm quite um, expensive and quite worth it quite worth it so if you have the money it's it definitely is worth it but after that I did have to tighten up um, and go shoestring a little bit more so what I did was I basically just built um, some relationships with with um with writers of magazines online publish uh, publishing companies and things like that so writers are really good to you they'll email you and ask you if you can contribute um it's really building a relationship being there immediately because they're on they're on deadlines as you know mm -hmm. so um and giving really good content i never realized how incredible like you would think you would honestly think that like people from these magazines like all have like all of them have masters, all of them have doctorals, whatever, because they're so good at research. They have a lot of integrity as far as what they want in their, in their um, publishing. Mm -hmm. 
and they're serious about fact checking. So I notice if I'm really doing a great job on, on content, they will, they will, and they will include me, but it takes work. It's not just easy. You're not, Oh, I'm known. Even if I think I had a larger following, I don't think it's really about that. I really think it's about giving good content and giving more than they're asking for. Definitely. So, yeah. That's actually, you know, one of the, we try to advise our clients on how, you know, when the media is asking for something that we need to turn it around, like literally like within an hour, ideally, otherwise you just get, you know, they're going to move on to another source because they're on deadline or they don't want to wait and, you know, just being a journalist and, you know, you know, when you're writing articles, like you, you just want to get it like done and published, right? You're, you don't want to wait a, a week for somebody to give you a quote. <laughs> Definitely. And you don't want to deal with ego either. Yeah. Know? There's just, I think that there is a warmth that can, that can come across on, on emails and that's important. And hopefully you're just like, you're just a genuine person, but people are smart and they can read innuendos and they can feel if you're just in this for a good reason or you're just arrogant and you want a lot of exposure and and there's a lot of there's a misconception between people who want exposure and people just want to add value or promote their books it's two different things yes definitely and the other tip that we try to give our clients it sounds like you're right on it is that you want to have if you're going to be contributing or you know giving some sort of a expert advice that you don't want to give something that possibly every other source might be saying, you know, you want to say, say something that's out of the box and different because that's what they want to hear is something that is going to be not just the vanilla quote, like. Mm -hmm. That's the brilliant advice. It's so, it's so wonderful that you're giving this, um, this information out freely because you know, it takes years to, to figure this, this stuff out. But that is the brilliance in, um, in the media it really is the brilliance because they really want things that are unique. They don't, they don't want something pumped out from, from the eighties or nineties. They really want to twist and they really want to research based a lot of times. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I also think modern day twist to it. Like it, that yeah. sounds like what you're doing too, you know, like old school type of quotes and not that there's anything wrong with tradition and old school. And I don't, you know, yeah. I just, I just mean they want something that's innovative and modern and relevant to like, you know, and engage in like the millennials or, or Gen Z. Definitely. Yeah. Um, wondering also, do you invest in any type of social advertising to help um, further promote your content? Yeah, I do. I do. And it's been, um, it's been pretty effective. Um, Facebook advertising. Sometimes I'll have like um, some level of, of like a reality celebrity, like promote my book. Um, and if I do that, then I want to make it worth it. I don't want to just up on my page. So like for that instance, um, that's the most recent thing. I'll do a Facebook promotion for that. Um, I do know a little bit about um, social media marketing as far as Facebook advertising. So I know not to just promote it. You actually have to go into the ads manager and um, you know, find the location, the demographic, things like that. Um, so I do do that for my posts. And then for Instagram, sometimes I'll boost it or else I'll do the same thing and go in and, and really look at the demographics. Do you feel like it's worth it? It's tough because when you know a lot, like, you, like yourself, um, sometimes it feels like it is and sometimes it doesn't. Now for products, um, you can go into specifics, but I think if you have a product, if it's, if it's under $18, it's hard to get your money back for that. But I think it's worth it long term because you're still getting that initial exposure and people want to see that, that, it's, that it has exposure. It's not exciting. So yes, I think it's definitely worth it. It's just you're not always going to see the money you, you you might see yourself break even let's say if you're selling like a product depending on the price the price point but i do think it is important for the audience to see that there is excitement and i do think it's worth it for that reason yeah 
I, I definitely agree. And I think Facebook targeting is just incredible, you know, yeah. to reach your, the right audience that yeah. you're trying to reach and be very, you know, very specific. Um, also wondering with TikTok, um, any concerns over the privacy issues that have been kind of in the news lately with, you know, Amazon, you know, based, I don't know if it ended up being true or not, but Amazon saying that their employees could not have TikTok on their phone and, you know, Trump is trying to get TikTok like banned from the U.S. Like any, mm -hmm. what's your thoughts on that? Uh, there are a lot of, I can tell you that there are a lot of disappointed TikTokers right now. Obviously, um, I, obviously with the privacy, I respect, I respect any decision that they make. Um, and I understand the concerns, but I will say that uh, me, I kind of was a, I mean, I thought that that was um, unsaid. I feel like there are a lot of apps to do that, um, that do that. For sure. Unit. So for Facebook me, does it. Yeah. For me, just personally, I wasn't scared. I don't have a lot to hide. I'm not a huge corporation. I'm not in politics. Um, yeah. And, and it's funny when you're a psychologist, no matter what's going on in your life, like you use that to, to better yourself. We don't shame people for, you know, it's just, there's just not a lot of like secrecy. So, um, I'm okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I've acclimated to the fact that I don't have control over apps and I still need to use my phone. I still need to use apps. So for me, I don't hyper-focus on that. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish I could change it. I don't have um, autonomous control over those things. It doesn't make it right that they're intruding on privacy, obviously, but it's not something that I spend a lot of time um, worrying about personally, just for myself. Yeah. And it sounds like also you're not having all of your eggs in one basket just on TikTok. You have yourself, you know, on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, YouTube, or maybe you're going to get back on YouTube. So I think that's the biggest thing with brands, personal brands, and, you know, just brands in general, if they put all their eggs in, let's just say Facebook, and then Facebook changes something an algorithm, yeah. and then you're kind of screwed, you know, yeah. because you haven't been able to, um, you know, built an audience just on one channel, and you can't, you don't own that audience. So Exactly. Like, I think I that's, that's, that's why I'm sure you know that text marketing is a good idea um, and, and spreading yourself out as far as content. I am looking for a short form, short form video format platform. Um, I just don't, I just haven't chosen that yet because we don't know about, you know, the, the, I won't say the alternatives because I like TikTok right now, but <laughs> the, I haven't, I haven't chosen that. But um, no, I think you have to be ready to just pivot. You always have to be ready to pivot because things change by you know the decade um, or even more frequently because people um, they become understimulated and they want new platforms. Yeah. So you have to be able to pivot. And yeah, I could have been smarter and done text messaging, um, and I will do that in the future. But I'm okay with pivoting because there's a lot of opportunity there when you talk about a new platform. Um, so as long as it doesn't have like um, you know oversaturation. You're yeah, do definitely. And I was just reading this morning that, you know, TikTokers are saying basically that, you know, the ones that are heavily invested and, in, you know, maybe TikTok is like where they are famous um, yeah. only, you know, that it, it, the trade-off is worth it. You know, they're not worried about privacy, you know, that it's that whatever TikTok is bringing to them is worth what they're giving up on a privacy issue. So I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have that opinion too. Um, mm -hmm. But I just actually got back on Snapchat for the first time in like two years. I've been, oh. I've, had it, I've had it on my phone, but I just kind yep. of like, you know, just, I don't know, I just got over it. And so now I'm kind of like, you know, just exploring it again, because there's a lot of really cool things that Snapchat is, is doing that Snap, the, the parent company with augmented yep. reality and um, a lot of really innovative 
new technologies when it comes to marketing. So I would check out Snapchat too. If you're oh, definitely, I yeah. have it on my phone. I will open it up. Today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Well, um, we are going to switch gears and if you want to join us on, um, we're going to do an interview on digital detox secrets and talk to Dr. Kim about um, more in-depth on maybe mixing social media with digital and the pros and cons to that when it comes to a mental health standpoint. But Dr. Kim, before we wrap up this interview, um, any words of wisdom, somebody that maybe is um, a personal brand or um, maybe a, a mental health practitioner or not that wants to explore social media but isn't on it yet, what would you recommend? I would recommend challenging your perfectionism. Uh, that's the biggest barrier to actually being successful on social media. So if you want to do it, start putting it out. And you can start with little bite-sized pieces, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, and make sure it's something you're really passionate about and come from a really loving, value-adding place. Awesome. What do you think about the whole concept of overthinking? Because I think when I meet with clients, um, that's one of the roadblocks is overthinking content and then nothing gets done. Overthinking, overanalyzing, it's something that puts us in a really negative emotional state. And when we're in that place, um, we're a bit paralyzed. And really, we have all of us have a lot of potential. And that gets missed. All the things that we could be putting out there, all the, all the value adding and changing lives, you know. So it's like if you're thinking about yourself, like how are you going to be perceived? Think about the bigger picture. What can you really give to people? It, that is truly what it's about. It really is because they're going to buy the product because they, they trust you, they adore you, they think your message is good, and you're helping them maybe solve a problem. So overthinking is your enemy and allow those thoughts to be automatic, but don't, let, don't entertain them and let them, let them really float away. Great advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Kim, for sharing all of these amazing social PR secrets with us. And we're going to head on over to Digital Detox Secrets. Before we end this, though, where can people, where's the best place for us to follow you on Instagram and TikTok and anywhere else you want to mention and your website? IG, drkimchronister.com, website, drkimchronister.com, and TikTok, Dr. Kim Chronister. All right, great. That's a wrap. Thank you, Dr. Kim. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.